Good morning and welcome back to Shellyville. My name is Michelle Clear and today I'm in the office with Justin, my producer, one of my lovely producers. And today we're going to talk about a topic that I find very fascinating. After 12 years of therapist work, um, one of the things that I've noticed the most is this thing that I want to talk about today is prevalent with every disorder I work with. So we're going to get right into it. It is the topic on self-esteem. And self-esteem is the confidence we have in one's own ability. Seems pretty simple, right? Except that I started to do some research about self-esteem, and I found this really fascinating that the causes of self-esteem are based off of four components. One, if we had critical adults when we were children. Number two, how we did in academics. So if we had poor academics, that truly had a huge impact on our self-esteem. Number three is stressful life experiences, such as relationships or breakdowns, things like that had to do with family dynamics. And then the last one would be financial trouble. Now, I had no idea, and I'll be honest, I've been a therapist for a long time working on self-esteem. I've never seen it broken down with those four components. So I thought that was fascinating. So that's kind of what I wanted to talk to Justin today about it and kind of go over self-esteem a little bit and why I find that so fascinating. Because for myself, I have always done poorly academically. I mean, that is, that's where I've struggled my whole life. And I knew that that made me feel like I wasn't good enough or smart. Like I knew that. That's always in the back of my mind. But it's funny. I have a college degree. I also have a master's degree. And even though I did poorly in academics, it didn't stop me from pursuing other education. So (laughs) it cracks me up when I think about it because how many people are out there suffering at school right now, especially since COVID and all of the way that we've changed academics and what we even think about academics. I mean, do you think it's having a positive or a negative impact on on people today? I think that if you put your self-esteem or self-image in academics, you're subject to, I think it actually prevents learning. So I think that um, if if you're more concerned with checking a box and like a multiple choice quiz where you're your answer to that is, you know, determines whether or not you're um, capable or your if you need that to validate you. I mean, that's I don't think that's I think that's as unhealthy as being bad about being bad at school and being ashamed of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, we're taught to be ashamed. We're taught because our teachers line us up and categories you know we always have the smart kids in the front the dumb kids in the back you know we always have the joker in the back the kids that are playing cards or whatever Mm -hmm. not paying attention i mean the whole the whole academic piece is so big into Mm -hmm. our self-esteem and i didn't realize that even after you get out of the academic setting Mm -hmm. you're away from it way 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 far away from it i mean Mm -hmm. i literally have not been in school for over 12 years but that was my master's. There was like a 28 year between my, mm-hmm. you know, the two. So it's like, even in all of those years, I still in the back of my head had this little message that said I wasn't good enough mm-hmm. because I was, I didn't feel smart. Well, I think I have a solution to this. Oh, what's that? Okay. So, and I, this kind of happened accidentally and part of my, so a little bit and you, people listening kind of hear my voice pop in and out here and there. And 
believe it or not, I don't do podcasts for a living. I have a day job. So um, th- what I do during the day actually kind of ties into this a little bit because I, I'm a, I'm a mortgage loan officer. I work at a credit union here in the Grand Rapids area. And um, part of my job is to work with um, one, now two branches here, there's regular retail bank branches or credit union branches that you go into and make a deposit, open a checking account. I'm, I'm partnering with that branch to teach them about the lending side. And when members have questions about their mortgage, um, kind of how to, ha- how to field some of those questions. Okay. So, um, is that something you always want to get into or is this new or, um, I, I mean, the the teaching side or the, the teaching well i've always felt like i could be a pretty good coach um always, well and, academic or yeah, I mean, yeah sports wise sports wise that. yeah <laughs> academics definitely not um okay. i i feel comfortable in settings where i can you know be in front of people talking like that's mm-hmm. that's never been a problem for me but uh, obviously i'm <laughs> recreationally sitting in front of a microphone right now talking to you so talking is easy for me but um i I wanted to, you know, after getting to know some of these people and just talking through them, I wanted to like get an idea of their knowledge on some of this stuff. So I wrote up a 10 question quiz, um, so a couple multiple choice, and then a couple just write down your answer questions. But I've, I've, I wrote the quiz in a form where there were some questions that there were multiple right answers. And there were some questions that didn't really have a good right answer. So my whole point of the quiz was not to see if they could check these boxes and get correct answers. They're critical thinking, but to see if they were able to think. Mm-hmm. And my, I, I had them fill out what they thought was the right answer or the best answer, and then I sat down with them as a group, and we went through each question and had a conversation about, you know, not just what the answer was, what the correct answer was. Um, but how they came to that conclusion. Okay. And then, so my thought process is if you're a teacher and you really want to get your students engaged, you know, write, write a small five, 10 question quiz. And instead of, you know, you have everybody take the quiz, but make it to where it's not a, you know, it's not black and white. It's not right or wrong. Mm-hmm. It, you have to discuss some of these things. And then based on your conversation with them, they get a grade based on how well you think that they handled the discussion and their thought process and stuff like well, that. Well, that's kind of what I do as a therapist as well, right? right. I'm asking these open-ended questions to not just get a, a right or a yes or no answer. I'm looking for more in-depth of how someone feels about something and getting a bigger picture. But when we're taught that we don't fit in or we're not smart as everybody else, like that sets the stage for thinking we're poorly educated in everything. So, I mean, truly academics can mess us up in so many ways. And I didn't realize how long that was staying with me. Yeah. Like that's a huge piece. So you've actually sat down with your clients and now you're getting a bigger picture of where their intelligence is coming from and where, I mean, I suppose that helps you kind of narrow down what you need to educate them on then. Yeah. Because you're not going to keep talking about stuff they already know. Exactly. So it was a great way to get just kind of a baseline of where they were at. And some some of them had um, better answers than others. And, mm-hmm. and you know, everybody kind of comes in with different. And plus, I'm not teaching kids. I'm teaching adults. Right. So that's that also makes a difference where 
you know. Yeah, but I mean, there's so many preconceived ideas of what money and because money is huge. Like mm-hmm. one of the things with self-esteem is this financial trouble. Yep. Well, what does that even mean? Does that mean that your family wasn't you didn't get what you wanted? Does that mean you had to wait for your allowance? Does that mean that mom and dad struggled? I mean, economics plays a part in our self-esteem as Absolutely. well. Yep. But I mean, we can overcome anything. Mm-hmm. Like our self-esteem, and here's another thing I learned too, is that self-esteem is not solid. Like it changes situation to situation. 100%. So how we feel in the moment, we might have a moment of confidence or we might feel really good, but something can, like one one of those things, problems can come up and then that's going to make us feel like we're not good enough again. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I do, what I've noticed as a therapist is that this runs true with every diagnosis. It is that internal dialogue that we have about self mm-hmm. that really determines how we treat other people, not only and how we treat ourselves. Mm-hmm. If I'm constantly thinking I'm not good enough, then I'm beating myself up. There's a lot of criticism there. One of the best adjustments I ever made that helped my self-esteem was we're always looking to, you know, if you're if you're self-conscious, you you know where your flaws are and you know what you're good at and you're not good at. Um, and sometimes when you, it, when you're having those moments of self-consciousness, you're focusing on the things that you're bad at. And right. one of the it's things, you uncomfortable. exactly. And I'm not saying to not, you know, if you have, you know, a skill set that you're an eight at, um, and you have a skill set that you're a two at, don't look at it like you have to get that school, that skill set from a two to a 10. No. Why don't you take that skill set that you're an eight at and get it to a nine and a 9.5 and maybe take that skill set that's a two and get it to like a three, you right. know, and press into the things that you're good at and find ways to mitigate the things that you're bad at. So for instance, I'm good at, I'm good at racquetball and I, can press into that something that I already have confidence in and get a little bit better at that versus, you know, well, going practice, and, right? Is this a, this, I mean, being good at racket, is that a natural talent or is it something that you actually have to practice and do quite often <sighs> to get good at? It's something that I grew up doing. So I, I came into it with a base level knowledge of, I probably, when I started playing at the new, at this new gym that I started at back in like 2018, I was probably like a four or a five. Okay. Um, most of the people there were better than me, but I had enough confidence in my ability that I wouldn't go out there and embarrass myself. So I was able to take that five to like an eight. Okay. Um, and now you've been playing for a while, so yeah. you're still at an eight. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll, in that there are different levels at every level. So I played in a, no, I played in a state tournament uh, last week and I finished in second. So there you go. And um, improvement. Yes. So it is an improvement. Major improvement. And that's kind of what self-esteem is. We're trying to improve it all the time. It's not like to get perfect. So even like we were talking a a while ago, for those that listen, we did an episode on narcissism and narcissistic behavior is feeling like you're superior, that you're better than everybody. Mm -hmm. So that's a high, 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 high Mm self-esteem. Like that's an unhealthy level. Correct. When you are under or you have low self-esteem, you feel very inferior to other people. That's Mm -hmm. where the judgments come in, I think. That's where you feel like not having the confidence to go and play the game or even be in in a tournament. Mm -hmm. Like if you had low self-esteem and you didn't have your skill set to lean back on, you probably wouldn't have put yourself in that situation. So a healthy self-esteem is knowing 
the confidence of your ability. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't just mean academically. It, it's like the, the whole gamut of who you are as a human being. What are your abilities and how do you pull them out of yourself when you're feeling low? Mm-hmm. Because that's my biggest issue as a therapist. People come in at their lowest levels. Right. And I got to find their skill set. Like, mm-hmm. that's kind of what I'm doing. It's like, I could go play racquetball with them. I mean, I would probably look pretty bad, yeah. but they might kick my ass. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. Because that's, I'm looking for people's skill sets. I'm looking for what they kind of have the confidence in for their own ability. But that's hard to do because I'm talking about emotions. Mm-hmm. And emotions, people don't always know what words to use behind their emotions right. either. So, I mean, self-esteem is huge in my business, Mm -hmm. big business, it is, because it's not always going to be high. And sometimes if it's too high, then that's an unhealthy, that's an unhealthy coping mechanism too. Mm -hmm. So how do you, like, one of the things I want to do with my kids, because I knew that I struggled with my self-esteem, was to teach self-esteem in my kids, which was really strong for me because I wanted them to make choices. Do you feel like having choices helps you with self-esteem? That's a great question. Yes, I think so. Mm-hmm. Because if you have the choice to do something and you can, and, and especially if you win or you do well with that choice, that's going to naturally build your self-esteem. Mm-hmm. And I think you as a parent, your responsibility is when you give your kid a choice and maybe they make the wrong decision, you're there to help them work through that wrong decision. And it's natural consequences, right? which is the greatest teacher on the planet, that it is. which is so much better than being graded. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the choices I would give my kids are like, okay, you want the blue cup or the red cup? Mm-hmm. Like, you know what you want? You want shorts or jeans? I'll give you an example of this. So <laughs> Jojo, a couple months ago, um, our toilet got clogged, like really bad. And after mm-hmm. plunging it for an hour, I realized that there was no turd on this planet that could clog up that. Did we talk about this recently? Yes. And so I go to my two-year-old and I was like, Jojo, did you throw a toy in the toilet? And she's like, "Mm." Elsa got flushed. And so there's a little plastic plastic Fisher-Price Elsa toy that got stuck in the U-bend of my toilet. So I I yanked the toilet and um, ended up replacing it. It was an old toilet. Decided it was about time to replace it. So I did that. Then this week, earlier this week, um, and we've had some close calls and Jojo knows that the consequence (laughs) for throwing a toy in the toilet is a spank. And so Claire, her older sister, tattled on her and said, hey, Jojo had a toy that she dunked in the toilet. So I go upstairs and Jojo, did you put a toy in the toilet? And she just wasn't looking, give that bashful (laughs) face. And I was Jojo, if you tell me the truth, you're not in trouble. And she was like, I, I put, I put, I put Ryder in the toilet. Okay. You know, you're not supposed to do that, right? Yes. Okay. No spank for you. Cause you told me the truth. Oh, I and I walk it. away and she's like, dad's so nice. <laughs> but so but it was she, a good life lesson exactly. because you, but you know what you did right there? You earned her trust. Yep. Oh my gosh. That's so amazing. Mm-hmm. That. That is such a beautiful piece, too, because trust, this is coming up a lot in my episodes with Mm -hmm. my clients, is that trust is getting broken so 
fast. Mm -hmm. Like people are so quick to yep. lie. And I'll give you the oh. I'll give you the opposite of that from my childhood experience. And I'm not saying this to drag my dad. I love my dad, but he did make a mistake on this and he would acknowledge it that there was this one time when I was in high school and he always had the approach of like, hey, you can you can tell me anything, this, that, mm -hmm. and the other. And then one time I I told him, I was like, hey, I was I was doing some off-season weightlifting at the gym. Um, one of the guys had a, a tin of Grizzly and I asked him if I could try it and I tried chewing tobacco. Didn't really like it that much, but and I told him that and he was pretty upset about it. And okay. so I was like, okay, well, I'm never telling you anything ever again. <laughs> So like you didn't have the response I wanted, Dad. Exactly. You were exactly. supposed to be cool with that. Right. You weren't supposed to get mad at me because I tried Jew. Exactly. So but he didn't take it very well. No, he didn't. Man, and see, that is a life lesson. Yep. That's a life lesson. And that's happening so much. Mm -hmm. People are saying, you can say this to me, but then when you say something they don't like, <laughs> there's a really negative consequence that happens. Right. Let's go back a little bit because I think we're a little confused right now. I want to talk about the trust and the confidence you had in your dad. Mm -hmm. When we're disappointed by somebody we love, especially a parent, how do you kind of like repair that relationship? What happened with, with that? Um, I don't, I don't know if like, I mean, it's an interesting dynamic because with one, I mean, the thing that repaired it, for me was ultimately like him, you know, becoming an adult and me just making my own decisions and okay. not being under their umbrella. And mm -hmm. they, you know, I think that for me personally, that's when everything kind of changed. So when we step and we, when we step back and we mature and we grow, we look and see our parents as failed individuals. Mm. Like that was huge for me. It was wonderful for, for me to not to see my parents as like these huge right. monumental people in my life. Like they were really just mom and dad, flawed individuals doing the best they could with what they had. Right. So when we kind of take them off that pedestal a little bit and bring them down and make them more real. I think sometimes that also improves the relationship because now we're not under this umbrella of feeling like we're not good enough because we're like, well, wait a minute, they're mm -hmm. not good enough either. <laughs> like we start to judge them more realistically. Mm -hmm. And not that I think that we should show disrespect to our parents, but I think it's really wise to see them for who they are. Mm -hmm. um, and I know that that can play a really big part. Because one of the things with self-esteem is critical adults, right? Mm -hmm. Like we've heard criticism our whole life. And most of the time it is from the people that we love the most. And that is going to be probably from mom and dad. Mm -hmm. I know with your kids, so they, they can come to you. Like you've proven to your little one that she can make a mistake and be okay. Mm -hmm. Like that is huge. Yep. So talking about choices that we give children and allowing them to make the mistakes is also allowing them to just be themselves. Like she could have lied, mm -hmm. but that like you fundamentally set the stage for her to say, well, it doesn't do me any good to lie. Right. Like I can be honest and, and the, I'm going to get good results because mm -hmm. that's kind of what we're also getting through with self-esteem is that we're we're trying to avoid all these things that make us feel bad and be honest. Mm -hmm. Like one of the things that I'm trying to teach a lot about is that 
we cannot recover from lying. We recover from the truth. So, and that also includes how we speak to ourselves. If I'm lying to myself and I'm telling myself that I'm better than I think I am, or that my academics don't matter, or that it doesn't matter what my financial situation is, or I kind of like blow off what I really need to be doing. If I'm even dishonest with myself, I'm not living a peaceful life. Mm -hmm. I'm not improving my self-esteem by lying. So we do lie a lot in life. Yeah. And you can, it's easy. The easiest person to lie to is yourself Mm -hmm. because you can, you know, like if, especially like handling problems, a lot of times you can, you know, you can put your head in fairy tale world. Like, Hey, it's, it's fine. Everything's fine. Mm -hmm. Um, and in order to actually fix a problem, you have to identify that there's a problem and you have to be honest with yourself that, Hey, I, I really don't like this situation that I'm in and the situ- I'm in this situation because of something that I did and I have to figure a way out. Mm-hmm. But the, the hardest thing, and I struggle with this with my couples is they think that they think that trust can be repaired. Mm-hmm. Do you think it can be? I know we've had a, an episode on, on relationships before, but mm-hmm. I think this goes back to self too, right? Right. Because if I'm, if I'm lying to myself all the time and I'm trying to get to my truth, then how do I repair myself even? Mm-hmm. Because I've set up the stage where I don't really believe in myself. Yeah, and I, I don't like the phrase, my truth. Mm. I hear that a lot. Okay. I don't like it one bit. So why, okay, so let's examine that. What is it about someone saying my truth that you don't like? Because there is the truth, and Ooh. then there is your opinion. Okay. And sometimes they're the same, and sometimes they're not. Because my truth could be, um, I'm thinking of an example. Um, you, because you can talk, you can talk yourself into believing something that's not true. <laughs> Brain doesn't know the difference. You think Absolutely. that it's true. That's your truth, but it is not the truth. Um, I could convince myself that. Um, I could convince myself that the sky is green. Mm-hmm. It's not. In some places it might be. I don't sure. know yours. <laughs> Are you colorblind? Like that's your truth. <laughs> right. Like the, that the sky is green or I'm, I'm this is a bad example, but, um, but it's, it's just something you believe, but right. that's just it. What, what is the truth? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. There's elements of that. There's a scientific dis- description of why the sky is blue. For sure. And there's, and when you're talking about yourself and your emotions and your feelings, like so, a lot of that is subjective. So I can kind of see like the, mm-hmm. the thought process as to why somebody would say, well, this is, this is my truth about how I feel about myself. Okay, sure. I can give you that. That's but, why I like the I statements. Cause mm-hmm. I feel, I think I am knowing yourself is using those I statements that say, I, that's it. But my truth is kind of like, okay, this is what I believe in. Mm-hmm. That's my truth. That's what, I don't know. Does Is that kind of like a new, <laughs> I think it might be a new language or it sounds political to me. I don't know if that's right or not, but I'm like, maybe that's why if we don't like that. I don't yeah. know what your truth is. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I know I'm open-minded. I know that my open-mindedness sometimes probably gets me in trouble mm-hmm. because I don't see things as black and white. I don't see things as clear cut as mm-hmm. everyone else. I, I do see those shades of gray. I do see, I mean, the sky could be green. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'm cool with that. Yeah. 
you know, like that's that's okay. You know, one thing I've noticed is that the less I know you, the more open minded I are. I am about you. What? Which is a weird thing I've noticed. So when somebody that I don't know very well, Mm -hmm. they come to me and they say, I believe that I don't know their background. I don't know how they came to that conclusion. Right. So I'm going to be much more open minded with that person to why they believe what they believe. But if somebody close to me says something that they believe something and I know their backstory, I'm going to be a lot more critical with that if it doesn't line up with what I know about them. Wow. So and and that's one thing about like, you know, that's interesting with my with my wife. Like if she says something that doesn't line up with what how I think of her and how I think of the situation, like, for instance, when um we had been working for a long period of time to be able to have her be a stay at home mom full time. We accomplished that. And then three months later, she was like, I want to go back to nursing school. I want to be a labor and delivery nurse and do all this stuff in the medical field. I was not open minded about that at the time because I was like, this doesn't fit into any of the things that we've established and have worked towards up to this point. And it it took me a long time to warm up to that idea. Okay, so what what, because it wasn't your expectation. Sure. And expectations lead to and I've just this is so cool. Expectations. Where is it at? can lead to disappointment and, and mm-hmm. regret, right? Because it's like the more we have, it's like it, it counteracts reality. Mm-hmm. The reality is she was in a different place than you were mentally. Yeah. And so, wow, our expectations get us in so much trouble, mm-hmm. so much trouble. I, I do think that we are very judgmental people mm-hmm. and, and we need our judgments. Like I'm not saying that that's completely wrong because we actually need our judgments. That's how we kind of protect ourselves. But when you have expectations and judgments, then you're not open minded to when someone comes to you and they've they've exploring something different. Mm-hmm. So how do you have an open minded approach? I mean, that had to have been a big kind of slam to you. Yeah. Like you were thinking, wait a minute, I just worked really hard to get you right. here. Like, I think maybe. And was there pride involved in that? <sighs> definitely. Definitely pride. Um, it. It was it threw me off because I I had a vision for how things were going to be, mm-hmm. and they were all of a sudden not going to be that way. Okay. Um, I always kind of saw us in a more traditional family setting with one working parent and one parent at home. Oh, like I did. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you know what though? That's tough to do nowadays. Yeah. Tough and, to do. And and I. The one thing I, I regret how I reacted to it because it ver- it very much caught me off guard and that's mm-hmm. something that we've had to, right? You know, fix and reestablish and all of that good stuff. But so, I like the honesty behind your disappointment. Yeah, because that's what it's all about. It's about being able to say, "This is how I feel." Right. I I, I am hurt by this. This isn't the vision I had for us. I did have mm-hmm. a different vision. And man, that is so big and beautiful about who we are as human beings. But also why we get into partnerships and why we have these mutual relationships and we talk about what's your interests, what's your hobbies, what what do you see our future like? It's all about communication. Mm -hmm. Well, all of that goes back to how you communicate with self. Something in what she said made you feel like, oh, I'm not good enough. She needs more. Mm -hmm. It brought you back to your self-esteem, probably without you even realizing it. Probably, yeah. I mean, it goes back to, wait a minute. Like now you're questioning, can I provide? Why mm-hmm. do you want to do something different? 
Mm-hmm. Like that's huge. Yep. And you recovered from it. Mm-hmm. And now she's off <laughs> kicking butt <Yep. laughs> and doing Catching what she needs babies, to do. And all that good stuff. I know. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. So our egos are fragile. They can be. They can be, can't they? Mm-hmm. Do you think, I mean, an ego is different or do you think it is part of self-esteem? I think they're two different ways of describing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, because you t- typically, when you just say the word in, like, if you just say self-esteem, I think that it's it's weird because if you say something about self-esteem, it's either that they have good self-esteem or bad self-esteem. Mm-hmm. It's never a, you know, there's, there's like good and bad. Mm-hmm. But then with ego, it typically is just used as a somebody is over the top. Mm-hmm. But it's never talked about in like a healthy sense because you can have so much self-esteem that I think the difference between good self-esteem and bad self-esteem to good self-esteem and then you put like over overactive or like high self-esteem you could put on the same pedestal as like having an ego a big ego right right so because but i think over. there's a there's it's a healthy level like you can if you talk about ego you can have a bad bad ego low ego low ego you can have a correct amount of ego and then you can it, which in context most of, if somebody has an ego, typically it's somebody that is way over the top. But see, I kind of feel like I have, <laughs> I mean, a healthy ego or self-esteem is feeling balanced and having accurate self-view. Right. It's knowing my abilities, knowing what I'm good about. So if, when I do have an ego, it's probably boasting. It's probably mm-hmm. showing off that, oh, look what I've done. Mm-hmm. But I think also that ego is kind of what protects me and says, well, wait a minute, maybe I'm not going to insert myself here or I don't have the right knowledge and I'm not going to throw myself out there. So sometimes I think the ego is what we think people see us as, like Mm -hmm. that self-image. Because self-confidence is what I feel like inside. Nobody knows it's self. That word self is the difference. Mm -hmm. Ego is what other people see, Ah. but self is how I feel about me. Interesting. So you can't tell me what my self-esteem is, but mm-hmm. you can tell me what you think my ego is. Oh, that's interesting. See, the, see there are two different see things the for you. Yeah. Yeah, there are two different. And so my ego is what I would show out. Mm-hmm. But to show and truly be authentic, my ego and my self-esteem match. That's my true authentic self. So they're the same thing. Self-image is what you see about yourself. Mm-hmm. Ego is what other people see about you. Yep. Interesting. Yeah. So that's why we notice or we say like, oh, my God, that person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, there's the judgment. Man, like, I'm judging that. I can see it like, whoa, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're showing off a little bit. You know, like that's too much. Mm-hmm. But that's that's the thing. I think the thing is knowing how we present to others and knowing how we present to ourselves. And the more balanced we are as a human being is really to know that those two kind of combine. We have to have both. Like, because I don't act the same in all situations. We talked about that already. But Mm -hmm. my conversation with myself is really about how do I love myself? Mm -hmm. How do I acknowledge that I've had poor academics in the past or I've made poor financial decisions or I struggle with my relationships, but I'm still okay at the core Mm -hmm. of who I am? That's my self-esteem. That's the piece that really builds my confidence and makes me make decisions moving on. 
So that's what I have to teach as a therapist is like, wait a minute, just because bad shit happens Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that's where we stay. You don't get to stay in the bad place. Like we can get through it. And that is kind of through the conversation of, okay, I am okay. But I don't want, like people always get so mad at me because I make them practice this affirmation that I'm okay. And they don't feel it. And I don't want to lie to myself. Shit, you're lying all the time. (laughs) Like, how do we know? (laughs) What's the difference between telling yourself that you're good enough and believing it? It's really just practice. Mm -hmm. It's, It's like having, okay, improve your relationships or improve the trust with your people. Like I asked you how you improved it with your dad. You saw him in a different way. But it's still it's still the relationship improved. You mm-hmm. didn't stay mad at him because he hurt you. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with your wife. You didn't stay mad at her because her vision was different. You grew with her mm-hmm. and you decided that, you know what, this is going to be OK. I got to trust her. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put trust in this new this new vision of what our family is going to look like because mm-hmm. it's still coming from a loving place. Mm-hmm. And that's really what I kind of want to get at is that no matter what my ego looks like outside. I want my ego on the inside to be as beautiful, to be as nice, to be as loving, to be as kind, to be as gentle, because that's where my strength comes from. Mm-hmm. That's what I give to people. That's and awesome. that's why Shellyville is like all over the world. Today we did a little review of <laughs> my show and I am blown away from all the people that are listening in other countries. Like, thank you. Like, I'm a little girl in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Like, this is so awesome that there are people tuning in from all over the world Mm -hmm. to just hear a little bit about what I have to say. Like, that is the sweetest, amazing thing that just blows my mind. Yep. A lot of listeners in the UK, um, Germany, France, Italy, Yugoslavia. Like, (laughs) wild. (laughs) blows my mind Mm -hmm. it's so incredible how small this planet has become and how beautiful it really is because it's the people that make it so beautiful Mm -hmm. so that's what i wanted to share today about self-esteem just that it is this internal conversation that we have ourselves, and it's important and don't let the things that are disappointing to us keep us from loving ourselves because that's where our strength comes in i believe okay Awesome. Well, thank you for tuning in. Any questions, comments, shoot an email over to ShellyvillePod at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. As always, thank you for tuning in. Have a great day. Thank you.